Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I'm your host, Matt Brady, joined once again by AT, Mr. Adam Tigerbaum. Adam, how are we doing today? Matt, I am just awesome. I'm a little jazzed up with all the coffee I drank right now, but yeah, dude, how yeah, are I, you? I saw earlier you were saying like, oh, it's 8.30, I'm about to go hit some, I think you got some Dunkin' Donuts coffees. Getting, getting... I did, dude. I needed yeah. it so badly. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I was it, dying. Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a Saturday, it's late. Yeah, you know, sometimes the, the week catches up to you and you're like, yeah, I need some coffee. I work today too, so it's same, like, same. Yeah, I me, was burnt out. <laughs> me too, yeah. But uh, all right, well, um, Adam and I are going to be doing... Uh, some RPG recommendations, RPG Spotlight, uh, as we like to call it here. Um, we each have three games, and we kind of both just went with something that might, some games that might be easier for beginners. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that's the case, but that's just, I think, kind of what we both kind of had in mind. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk about, uh, I think, six RPGs here. So, um, Adam, I'm going to go ahead and toss it to you first to, to talk about one. Oh, man. Oh, where to start? Um, all right. I am going to go with, um, you know, we'll start with something everybody knows. Why not? I feel like this would be mm-hmm. a good opportunity. So I picked um, a game everybody knows, a Pokemon Gold and Silver version. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you think of, like, JRPGs. I think I think especially for a lot of people, like, around our age, because right. you and I are pretty close in age right now. And, I, I, it's you know, if you're growing up in the 90s, for for me, Pokemon was my first RPG uh, experience. Actually, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a lot of people's anything. or was a yeah. lot of people's. Yeah, and um, I I don't think there is um much to the uh, learning curve. It's a very um easy game to understand as far as you know. It's it's rock paper scissors for the most part. You know, th- there are kind of some hidden stats and stuff like that, but we don't need to, like, dive into that right now. But, you know, right. it's like fire beats grass, water beats fire, fighting beats uh, ground, or, you know, psychic beats flying, whatever, so on and so on. And, um, you know, I, I started with red version, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I could have easily picked that, being that that was the first Pokemon game, but I picked gold and silver because, well, for one, gold and silver were, that was that was my favorite generation, Right. And it it basically took what was so awesome about Pokemon to begin with. But Red and Blue were extremely flawed in the sense that, like most like first RPGs in a series, they were terribly unbalanced. So mm-hmm. Red and Blue were, like, extremely brutal. Oh, they're so to, unbalanced. To get through. So unbalanced, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 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 with that alone, I was kind of like, well, gold and silver fixed that 
to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you could use something that's super effective in in red or blue, but it might not do the damage output that you were expecting. You know what I mean? And it's never consistent. It'll do it. It'll give like a different damage output, like at a different like interval, basically. I guess right. is where I'm trying to go here. So gold and silver took all of that and just boom, they nailed it. And the best part was. Um, working off of yellow version, they got the sprites to be more um, TV accurate yep. to the Pokemon we were seeing on TV. And, I mean, I mean, long story short, too, it's it's great. You know, you get your eight badges like you do in red and blue. You get the eight Johto badges. You go and you go beat the Pokemon League. You know, you catch as many Pokemon as you want. You try different combinations, see what works best for you. And that's the best part, too. It's like you have 251 characters, basically, to choose from. To assemble what might be your perfect team, you know, and you could be right. as eclectic as you want to be. So that's another um, great thing I like here. A lot of options. I liked a lot of designs for the second generation Pokemon. I liked its simple but effective storyline. I liked how the continuity wasn't really ruined going off of what happened in like red, blue, yellow version. Right. Uh, I, I I really enjoyed that. Uh, for those of you that don't know, like in red and blue, you go and as you're going to the Pokemon League, you stop Team Rocket from, you know, the Celadon Game Corner with, like, the um, Pokemon trafficking and the takeover at Sylphco, basically. And Giovanni leaves the gym after you beat him. So what's cool about Gold and Silver is it continues that story three years later, and Team Rocket's trying to resurrect themselves, so to speak, and they take over the Goldenrod radio tower, and you have to save everyone from that because they're trying to get a message out to Giovanni to have him come back. So that's all really cool. And um, I like the fact that it has the internal clock. Right. Catch certain Pokemon yeah, at night. Saving times or only on certain, too, yeah. Yeah. Certain, um, so it's at certain times or certain days, even in some yeah. cases. Um, so that's really cool. And just, it opens up a bit more lore about Ho-Oh and Lugia, the legendary beasts, Entei, Suicune, Raikou. And after you beat the Johto League, your game's not over because guess what? You get to go all the way back to Kanto and get the original eight Kanto badges. And then you go to Mount Silver and you basically fight the um, game equivalent of Red from the manga and his team of high-level Pokemon. And that's your post-game. So that that's that's really, really cool. That gave me like a real big rush as as a kid but again um it's a very very um easy concept uh to grasp and it's a it's a fun adventure all in all long story short so that that's really all i could say about yeah pokemon well, gold and silver <clears throat> well and and comparing say red and blue to gold and silver some of the advantages gold and silver has is one you get both areas, right? Like you know, you, you get you get you get to go back and revisit all of the stuff you did in, in Pokemon Red. So it's you're essentially getting two games, right? Right, <clears throat> right. Um, you can trade back and forth. So if you want to tra- take the characters that you built up in Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow and bring them over to Gold and Silver, you can do that. You most certainly can. And so that that is also another super cool feature. It's like, hey, I can bring my Pokemon along with me on this new on this new adventure. Um, right. <clears throat> You know, it's uh, for the Game Boy Color, um, you know, super cool seeing all the new sprites, animations um, and, and and stuff like that. Um, and then I didn't I never really played Crystal Pokemon Crystal, which is the third. Yeah. OK. The, there's the third one. Did you did you play that one at all? 
I didn't play Crystal, but my, my brother did. And it, it's awesome in the sense that, yeah, it's the it's, first game to properly it, introduce a female sprite that you could play as if you yeah, wanted it's, to. Yeah, it's essentially the Pokemon Yellow of, that, of Gen 2. Yeah, you know, every Pokemon game has that third one with some additional content. And Crystal's got the Battle Tower added into it that introduced us into that concept. It focuses a bit more on uh, Suicune than the other um, legendaries in the game. So that's pretty cool. Um, and what's really great, too, about, again, in, for continuity's sake, when you go back to Kanto, you see the changes that have taken place. Because it's like when you go to the Johto League, Koga is one of the Elite Four. So it's just like, whoa, Koga can't be one of the Elite Four. He's the future city gym leader. But right. you go back, and it's his daughter. So yeah. so that's cool. Blue, the character Blue, who is essentially Gary, mm -hmm. um, he is the Viridian City Gym Leader. It's like, you got to understand, um, for some people that might not know this, so uh, the games were loosely based around more so the manga than right. the anime. Because that all came first way before the anime did. Yeah, with the, with the, like so Yellow is based more on the anime. Crystal is based more on the anime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's definitely safe to say. Yeah, um, you know, some other things you had talked about balanced in, in, in not only in the, in the moves, but also in the types, right? So... And definitely in uh, sil in silver and gold and silver, they added steel and dark type, uh, which gave, right. which gave some counters to, you know, to um, especially psychic psychic in in poke in the first gen red, blue, yellow or green. If you lived in Japan, it was like so overpowered, um, even more, even so. more overpowered is ghost type because there is one <clears throat> essentially ghost Pokemon, you know, ghastly who turns into Haunter and Gengar and right. I mean, he can't be touched by, like, Earthquake or a lot of these other moves. And so um, Dark-type also have provides some balance against, against you know, in in that ghost kind of circle um, there right. as well. So that so that definitely w were some great additions in, in Pokemon Gold and Silver. Yeah, and what's great about um, the addition of the Dark and uh, Steel types was there might have been other types that really didn't get... Um, to shine well, right? And given that, like, like with Dark type, they're weak to bugs, so mm. it gave that type a new chance to shine as well. Let me tell you something. On my team, I just did a playthrough of Gold. It took me twenty hours to complete the full game, the post game, everything. Right. I did a lot of grinding, and I had a Heracross on my team. I love Heracross, one of my mm. favorite Pokemon ever. When it gets into its fifties, uh, it learns Mega Horn, devastating bug type move let me tell you when i got the karen in the johto league on the elite four he decimated that entire team like yeah. in one shot because it's such a powerful move and you finally had an edge with a bug type it was so refreshing to you know have that uh jump on the game like that it was really really cool yeah yeah, yeah pokemon and, you can't go wrong yeah pokemon <laughs> and you can't go wrong and if you uh it's super easy to play you can find it on the 3ds eShop. Um, but yeah. if you want if today if you wanted to play today, I would recommend going and getting a DS version of Heart Gold or Soul Silver. See uh, those, I really do uh, want to play. I yeah, never got I, the chance. To, I have and I, I like have the additions. They I have Soul those. Silver and I had Silver and regular Silver back in the day. Um, you know, it's just it's it's just kind of like how. Well, now it's it's kind of funny saying, oh, you should play Fire Red and Leaf Green instead of Red Red Blue and Yellow. Because well now let's go Pikachu and Eevee is essentially the remake of that so those games have been remade yeah. twice, um, and I, I haven't I haven't played either of the, those yet but I would imagine next year uh, with the success of Let's Go uh, Eevee and Pikachu that will get that it's going to be Gold and Silver that gets that treatment 
Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if that if there if a version of that comes out and then that may change. You know, maybe maybe that will be the definitive version. I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't know the with the Pokemon Go um, inspired mechanics. If if that changes, uh, you know, like how how people how people perceive it. Um, but it I I imagine that it will be getting that treatment at some point too. But right now, if It'll I would recommend, I'd recommend Heart Gold or Soul Silver. Wow. Yeah. I mean, gold. Gold, silver, heart, gold, soul, silver. I mean, yeah, it, it's I, I could because it's my favorite game in the series. So it's like I, I'd swear by it. So I could even go with those remakes too, even though I never touched them. But I do like the additions they added to those DS um, enhancements uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool. Um, all right. I am for my first game. I'm going to talk about what I think, um, you know, if, if, if there's some other games you don't consider RPGs. The first RPG I ever truly played, um, and that is Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Uh, this oh, is, boy. <clears throat> this is kind of like a spinoff of the the Final Fantasy series. It was on the Super Nintendo. Um, it was brought uh, to the United States. Um, Square essentially said, we want to make an easy RPG that kind of teaches people how to play RPGs. And um, that's definitely a good way of, of describing um, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. It is for with, sure. It is without question not a difficult RPG, um, but there's definitely enough uniqueness to it that I think uh, warrants playing through. It's it's without question not even it's I it's not I wouldn't even go as far as to say if you include things like Crystal Chronicles and stuff like that outside of the mainline series. If you look at all the Final Fantasy games, I don't know that it would make the top ten at all. Um. But again, this I, we were kind of going with games that might you know might be might be kind of good for for beginners. So, um, for some things that are kind of cool about this specific game for starters is the soundtrack. Square actually hired a rock band to come in and do a soundtrack because they wanted it. They thought it would do better in in America, um, and so the soundtrack is super cool. Uh, it's one of the best on the uh, on the SNES, in in in, in my opinion. Um, the this game, um, let's see, it, it's the story is uh, the story is a, a crystal was stolen, right? So you have to you have to go find these 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 four crystals. You have like an earth, water, fire, and wind, um, and there's like this this tower in the middle and. You know, it's it's pretty standard fare. Let's go grab these crystals, go fight a dark demon, uh, and uh, you know, demon king, and and kind of and kind of you know sa- save the world. You play pretty at standard story. Yeah, you're pretty you're pretty standard R- R- RPG fare. Um, one of the one of the things I like about it, though is you have you have two playable characters um, as as you go through, which normally you have four. Right at this point in time in Final Fantasy, you'd, you know, you go back to the original, you had like mage. White mage, black mage, fighter, and um, I think monk was was the other one. Um, but uh, so in this one, you just you just have two, and your second player actually swaps out throughout the story, so you get to use different character types. Um, oh, yeah, like the first you, the first girl you pick up has like an axe, um, and then you pick up a guy who uses like ninja stars and bombs, and then you pick up like another girl later who's kind of like a mage. Uh, and so it's kind of cool, and so it gives you a lot of um, variety, and it's just kind of cool to see people kind of come and go. Um, you also pick up 
uh, things as you go along and you can use the weapons kind of like in Pokemon, right? How you learn like cut and you can cut down a tree um, and right. you get like a claw and it's like a grappling hook. And so you can use it. So there's actually some puzzle elements in the in, in the roaming. Um, there is not a free roam. Like when you think about like Prono Trigger and, and even Final Fantasy 7 and a lot of those other games. Oh, were, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So so um, it's not it's not linear. You You go out to a map and then it's kind of like Super Mario World. Right, how you know you have like select paths you can kind of go down. Oh, okay. So there's an overmap still. Yeah, there's there's but... yeah there yeah. So there's still an overmap, but you can't just like walk you know from point A to point you know point B. You're kind of on like on like a track. Um, Interesting. There's some weird there's some weird design elements like there's battle zones, right? So you know how typically in like a Final Fantasy game you would walk from point A to point B on the world map and right. you would just have random encounters along the way. Well, this game doesn't have random encounters. It has characters that you see on the map similar to, to other games, right? When you're in, like, a dungeon. You just walk mm-hmm. up to that guy. You fight him. Um, but in the world map, there's these, like, battle zones, and you can go fight at them, but they, they have, a, like, a limit on them. So it would be, like, ten. So you can do, like, ten fights where you just fight, like, you know, goblins or whatever. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't really un- understand stand the exact purpose of it. Like, in, in some ways, it makes it seem like, oh, it's going to be hard because you're limited in the amount of experience you can get. But you can just go back and forth into dungeon areas and then fight, continuously refight people to kind of grind up if that's the way that you uh, that that you want to go. Um, again, the game is relatively easy. It's 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 not entirely difficult at all. Um, the story uh, is pretty basic, even in like the text text you see. You could probably beat it in about in about twenty hours. I'd I'd say maybe even maybe less, even if you if you um, if you you kind of kind of knew it. Um, so so you also can't um, you can't like buy equipment, right? Like you get it through meeting people in 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 the story. Um, I see. Yeah, so it's that's it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. There's definitely some some design, some 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 weird design things. Um, you find magic, uh, like your main character can you can use magic, and you find it as like treasure chests. Um, and so that's that's what you kind of get for clearing out some of those battlefields. Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. They, they, it's it's just different. There's definitely they they yeah. They, you could tell not only were they. Um, you know, trying to make an easy RPG to kind of introduce people to the RPG series, they said, you know, let's let's maybe try some things and see and see how they work. Um, and and some things are good, some things aren't as good. Like the heal spell in the game will, is like a cure all; it like fixes everything, right? So it not only gives you health, but it also will like cure any st- uh, status ailment. Um, so it's it's kind of it's kind of got that that for it too. So. Um, yeah, I mean here the, here I'll read I'll read the plot for you. Uh, sure. Uh, the yeah, um, the fictional events of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest take place on a single con- uh, continent of an unnamed world, which is divided into four distinct regions: Foresta, Aquaria, Fireberg, and Windia. So you know we're we're, we're <laughs> the, the translation in, in this uh, is great. 
Um, each region, uh, you know, is determined by the state of one of the four shining crystals, earth, water, fire, and wind, respectively. For centuries, the focus tower had stood at the heart of the world. It had been a center, uh, for trade and knowledge and the world's people met there peacefully to settle their differences. But one warm summer day, a power, powerful monster stormed the tower, stole the four crystals, and then took off with the magical coins that te- kept the tower's doors unlocked. Uh, and then, you know. A night appears to vanquish Ooh. the darkness, and that's kind of that's kind of where it starts. Like it starts off, and you're you're like on this cliff, and then you run into this mage, and he's like, oh, "Okay, you have to kill this dragon." And then you do it, and he's like, "Come with me," you know. And then like, "Okay," and he like drags it to the tower and kind of explains it. <laughs> so I mean, again, it's you know, it's clearly the budget on this game, even back back in those days, was not uh, as much as you could you would expect from say like a, a square, you know, square soft back in the day game. But uh, again, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's a, a great kind of starter RPG, and um, if you're looking for something you know that's on the SNES that that looks well, plays well, has a, has a great soundtrack, you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's a solid addition into the into the Final Fantasy series. There are definitely way worse RPGs on the SNES and way worse Final Fantasy RPGs uh, that you could play. So, see, yeah, see, because like I never played this game, but it's right. it's one I definitely heard enough about. And from from footage I've watched of it, like that that's really the only access I've ever had to that game. Like I've just watched clips of it on YouTube and stuff like that, thanks to the advent of the internet. But um, I mean, I didn't think it looked or or the idea of it sounded as as terrible as some people made it out to be. But I feel like this is a game where it's like half the fan base enjoyed it for for what it was and understood mm-hmm. what it was supposed to do, and you pretty much narrow down all those fine points uh for us right there but it's and then yeah there are just people that are just like oh this game was made because right us western players are just so terrible at video games and it's like i i don't really think that's the case and you know what i for a guy that's never played it i think the game has a lot of charm to it actually too mm-hmm. and it's it's got those elements in there that do make it a Final Fantasy game. You got your crystals. Final Fantasy always revolved around crystals for the most part. So yeah, like this 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 demon comes and and takes them, and you got to go fight them and get them back and stuff like that. You got your mages, and you know you talked about you know monks and fighters and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's all classic Final Fantasy right there. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I've always I've always been super fond of the box art as well. Um, and there's a difference between the two. The Japanese one is far more of like an avatar like, whereas the the American version is, um, you know, he's much more like uh, realistic, right? He, he, it does, it's not necessarily cartoonish. Yeah. But I just I just I, I always loved the box art as a kid because it just says Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. It's a guy standing on like a sloped rock and he's holding a sword. And so the Q in the sword, you know, has like the Q has the little slash that goes through it. He's like holding the sword. And yeah. Like, and I, I don't know. I just I always was was so fond of that as as a kid uh, growing up. I always just thought it just looked cool and, you know, gave me that because that's, that's the first RPG I ever played. Um, and so it was kind of like, oh, yeah, this is cool. We're going to be fighting, you know, like kind of fighting, uh, you know, demons and goblins and this kind of Lord of the Rings esque esque stuff. What year did this game come out again? Actually, oh, I forget. N- uh, 1992. I had it. I probably played it around like 1994 or five. I was I remember because um, I had gotten a Super Nintendo when I was when I was a kid. I remember I got like Super Mario World and Star Fox and then. 
Uh, my brother had had a Super Nintendo. My old, I have a much older brother. Uh, he's older by like about 10 years. And so he had had this. Um, and so he uh, like gave it to me when he was kind of done with the, the Super Nintendo. And so. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and so that's kind of how I, I started playing it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, def- definitely a, ve- a, a very, very uh, uh, interesting choice, though. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. Adam, I'm going to toss it back to you. All right. I'm trying to figure out where I should go here. You know what? Let's go. You know what? This seems kind of proper. Let's go with my second RPG experience ever after Pokemon. Um, I'm going with most of I'm going to say it's original title, Dragon Warrior 3. This was before we adopted, you know, it was westernized. It was localized. Right. It was still Dragon Dragon Warrior, not Dragon. So, you know. Most of you might know it as Dragon Quest. And rightfully so, that is what we call it now. But before that, we were calling it Dragon Warrior up till uh, 8. We were calling it Dragon Warrior in the United States up until we got 8 on the PS2. But I got the Dragon Warrior 3 port on my Game Boy Color. I remember it was my second uh, JRPG experience. I remember being attracted by the Akira Toriyama artwork because I, I was... I remember I had a Toys R Us gift card at the time, and I was trying to figure out what game I should buy. I saw the cover art, and I was like, this looks like Dragon Ball Z. I flipped the box over. Artwork by Akira Toriyama, one of the creators of Dragon Ball Z. And I was like, okay. And I'm looking at you know, the screenshots on the back of the case, because every case had screenshots right. on the back of it. That's how you sold your game. you know. So I'm looking at the battle system, and I'm like, this looks an awful lot like Pokemon. And in that aspect, you know, a lot... All those JRPGs play the same, but the only thing that's different was, um, you know, for the most part, Dragon Quest didn't have like, at least from what I remember, I'm I'm replaying three right now actually too, and I'm having a blast with it. Um, there's not so much like, you're not gonna get like a one up like if you have like an elemental like difference or stuff like that, but I mean, if you're fighting like, if you are fighting creatures in the water though, it's like hitting them with like a, a fire spell isn't gonna like. Is it, it's not going to be that effective, though, but it's still not a hard, like, learning curve, you know? It's right. just you, you have so many different classes to choose from. Uh, the storyline here is Dragon Warrior 3 is the prequel to the first two Dragon Warrior games, actually. Um, so you are the son of a hero um, from the town you hail from called Alahan, uh, from that kingdom, and your father, a uh, depending on the localization that you got this game, because there's there's uh there's three versions of uh, Dragon Warrior three. There's the original NES version. It was later re-released on the Super Famicom, and then it was released on the Game Boy Color. So in the Game Boy Color, you know his father as Ortega, and he is on his way to fight uh, the Demon Lord uh, Barmermost, who is. You know, wants to rid the. Uh, he wants to shroud the world in darkness and bring chaos amongst the land, and just um, right. You know, destroy humanity and you know be king of the world, basically. So Ortega embarks on this journey, and Barmos is said to be at a volcano, and you are led to believe that um, Ortega perished in battle. Uh, at the age of 16, you embark on your own adventure, and uh, what's great about this is is you can 
again, you can make your team however you see fit. You could get a warrior, a fighter, a mage, a cleric, a jester, and if so desired, if you do everything right, you can upgrade a mage class or a jester to a sage, a much more powerful uh, sorcerer. You can also get a merchant or a thief. Whatever you desire. It all depends on your playstyle and how you want to play. Right now in my party, uh, you have your hero, of course. I have a warrior. I named her Cass. I, uh, and to, to be honest, too, when I name characters, they all reference something. Yeah. And I named her Cass because – this isn't too important. I just want to throw some fun backstory out there. But um, I named her Cass because I'm a big Fallout fan. And I loved um, Cass in New Vegas. So I always took her around with me as one of my party members. Then I have a um, – I had a mage that I turned into a sage, actually, successfully. Um, I named her Mickey, M-I-K-I. Um, it's all in um, – I'm a big Godzilla fan, and there's um, the Esper in the uh, Heisei series, uh, Mickey. So I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just do that. You know, she knows magic and stuff like that. I was like, it's kind of similar. So I, I did that. And then I have a fighter named Cam, and I – just you know for laughs um when it comes down to metal gear or um even uh growing up watching ninja turtles yeah i uh was a big fan of the voice work of cam clark cam clark voiced uh, leonardo in mm-hmm. teenage mutant ninja turtles <clears throat> and he voiced um liquid snake yep in the metal gear solid franchise so i was just like yeah that'll be fun i was just like why not so um yeah, I I mean it's just a very um it, it's a very simple game to grasp, you know. It's just um you go through the the uh, world and you buy better weapons and armors and stuff like that. And uh and yeah, it's got a great post game. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh sorry. Uh, but yeah, um that's you know, fine. you get to uh bar you get to Baramos and you defeat him and you think you beat the game, but it turns out, you know, Baramos was just a pawn in all this. The evil uh, Dark Lord himself, Zoma, crashes your party. And um, you learn that there is a whole other world underneath you, shrouded in darkness thanks to him. And you have to go there. It's the world of um, Alfgard, which is actually the first world in Dragon Warrior 1 and 2, actually. So you have to go there and assemble the correct items needed. You have to go along the map and complete different side quests to get the items needed to go defeat uh, the evil Dark Lord Zoma. But, you know, it's it's a very simple story uh, to follow. Simple but effective for a Game Boy Color game. Um, it, what's fun about those games is you, you learn about the lore by um, going and talking to NPCs and stuff like that. And it's a very non-linear game. You know, like the be- the beginning kind of is like most um, JRPG. So it's just um, once you um, really get past that, you're and once you get... It's really when you get your ship um, for the first time in the game that you're kind of left like, well, what do you want to do first? Do you want to fight Orochi, the uh, six-headed dragon? Do you want to go find out what's going on with this... Uh, Mad King to the south. And um, there's other side quests too. It's like, oh, there's this um, there's this village that was put to sleep by these elves. Why did this happen? Oh, there's a there's a vacant town here. You could leave uh, you could go back home and make a character who's a merchant and have them build this 
town that actually does serve a purpose in the storyline. You need to do this to move forward and get a key item. So that's kind of fun, too. The uh, town's name is based on what you name your merchant as well. So you're left all these options, and it's just um, you're you're given that choice. Like, where do you want to start? There's no right or wrong answer to where you go. North, south, east, west. Fight the dragon first. Go find out what's going on with the Mad King first. It's um, it's just a very fun and uh, super charming game. It just uh, really strikes a chord with me. The Game Boy Color version is um, especially fun because there's an added like board game you could kind of play where you, the, your character yourself, was kind of walking through with it. It's like they call it like the the Pachisi track basically, and it's just like you move across different tiles. Some tiles make you fight monsters. Some tiles make you gain money. Some tiles make you lose money. Sometimes there's a treasure chest and you could open it, and you have to. Do it in uh, less than uh, 20 rolls of dice, actually, that you're given. And you make it to the end. You get some fabulous prizes, some extra money, some special weapons, maybe. And that's another great thing about, like, RPGs. It's like, or any adventure game, for that matter. It's a, um, you can really take your time with it as well and let everything, like, sink in. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said, it's just a, um. A very uh, fun, simple, effective story, and just it's as far as combat goes, it's not a hard system to grasp and engage. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I. It's unfortunate that I have not played more of the Dragon Quest um, series. Uh, the first one I ever played was Dragon Quest Warriors. Um, knowing nothing, knowing really nothing about the about the franchise, I I, I got it because I was like, oh, I really like beat 'em ups. Uh, or you know those hack and slash types games. I had played. Yeah, I had, it really I had, is like that. I had played yeah. Hyrule Warriors, and I, I liked it. And so I was just like, yeah, I want to get it. And so um, I was actually just looking at the roster here to see if anybody from Dragon Quest Heroes is in Dragon Quest Three, not the first one, perhaps the, perhaps the second one. I know Zoma is in it. He's in Dragon Quest Warrior, Dragon Quest Warriors. I know I know you fight him. Um, but yeah, I mean. For me, the the only issue with Dragon Quest games is I just I don't like games like Fantasy Star and Etrian Odyssey, um, and stuff like that where you don't see your characters. Okay. Uh, for me, and like Earthbound does it too. I just I I just I don't know for whatever reason I just have a hard time with that. I know that they have remade some of the games, um, yeah, and re-released them because I have Dragon Quest eight on the 3ds and the 3ds version you see you see your characters and i don't know why i have that i have that issue but um i want to go back and and play all the dragon quest games i know specifically like four and five have always looked really really good to me um seven uh as well and the new one i uh was it nine or eleven 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 is Yeah. yeah it came out on ps4 i'm waiting it's getting a switch port at some point and i'm waiting i'm waiting for that so i can i mean i have most definitely i I have i have a i have a ps4 but i just you know for me with the switch i'm kind of like eh, i'll just get it on switch so i can play it on the go because i'll play i'll play it more um so i'm I'm kind of waiting for that and uh i also want to get dragon quest uh heroes or not warriors dragon quest heroes 2 um i haven't i haven't, haven't got a chance to play it yet but um yeah three is on like you said, the NES, Super Famicom, and Game Boy, um, and you, and looking at the Game Boy, the Game Boy port um, compared to it, you know they did some cool design choices like making the sprites bigger and stuff like that on the world map, yeah. so, you, so you can you can see so. 
Yeah, I think um, the Super Famicom version looks the best. Right. And I'm sure there. But, I'm sure um, there's a ROM. I'm sure there's a translated ROM of that somewhere. Yeah, the iOS version uh, for Dragon Quest Three is actually the Super Famicom version. Actually. Oh, it's and it's translated. Um, yeah, yeah, it is translated. I, I did forget to mention that that there was an iOS port, and I there are several things in that version that aren't in you know the Game Boy Color version. You know, and it's just I I think. I think the Game Boy Color version has a lot of the real uh, meat and potatoes. I yeah. think too, and the um, best part too. I, yeah, it about, was also um, it was also on it was released on the Wii Shop. Oh, that's in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. And it was released uh, on PlayStation Four and 3DS in Japan last year. But there is yeah an Android and iOS port. So my guess would be um, sooner rather than later, this will get a Steam port, and because Steam has pulled the. Um, Android and iOS versions of other RPGs. Square has done that, like Chrono Trigger. I know last year was, and that was a debacle because right, yeah. everyone hated it. Because they're like, we just want the like the PlayStation, oh, dude, the, play, the PlayStation version that. where they added the cutscenes, or like the DS version where they added the cutscenes and stuff like that. So my guess would be this will get a Steam port at some point soon. Yeah, maybe you could be onto something there for sure. Um, one last uh, little tidbit too. Um, just, just for last again too, as far as continuity goes, if you, I forget which game it is. I don't remember if it's the first Dragon Quest or the second Dragon Quest. But if you play it, uh, someone in the game at one point t- talks about a tale about a hero falling out of the sky and bringing um, lightness, uh, bringing light to the world, and that's the reference to uh, Dragon Quest Three when you beat Baramos and go to fight Zoma and go into the dark world because. There's a fissure in the ground, and you jump out of it and fall out of the sky into the dark world to go and, you know, pursue Zoma in this whole new adventure in the game. So I thought that was pretty sharp, too, for um, continuity purpose, too. But, yeah, you know, it's like you could fight. You could, you know, cast spells. You could defend yourself. Um, Like I said, a very, very, very easy concept to uh, grab onto, and especially if you've played, you know, another simple JRPG beforehand you'll do just fine with with dragon quest with any of the games i think really but for me personally three is my favorite so yeah i'm looking right now on the dragon quest uh warriors 2 roster to see if any if there's any characters from three yeah i'm not familiar with the with um twos but i i played a bit of the first one and a couple of characters from four were in it. A couple of characters from eight. Yeah, no, no, ca- no character from three. Play it, playbook. I mean, there's vill- obviously villains and you know slimes and all that stuff um, are are in there. And so, but. yeah, because really the only um, the only um, characters that I think that are like a constant are like any of the bosses you fight and the hero, who by default's name is uh, Lodo, actually, right. but. Um, yeah, because really any other characters for the most part are just no-name NPCs, and you make your party as as you like, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I one of yeah. the things I one of the things I generally like about the Dragon Quest series is that it is it's it 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 just it knows what it is, right? There's yes, you're, you're always yes. fighting. Slimes. I know exactly what you. It's it's the same theme song every time, and it's great. It it's like that's what, yes. that's it's what the people want. Um, I've also played dra- nope, no playable character from Dragon Quest Two. It looks like I mean this is wiki, this is Wikipedia, so it is entirely possible 
that that is that that is not the case or there's DLC. Um, but I played Dragon Quest uh, Swords for the Wii, and I, I kind of had I kind of had some fun with that. It's kind of clunky. Um, and Dra- oh yeah, I do remember that. One and now. Dragon Quest uh, Builders is a game that I haven't played yet, but I, I really really want. that looks I, awesome. I really really game. want to. So yeah, it's it's a franchise that I, I really want to dive spend more time getting into. Um, and even the old ones, you know, the one, two, and three, because they all just they all look good and they all look exciting. So yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I guess it's me. So um. Yeah. A game I want to talk about is a game I've I've talked about on on the podcast um, I'm sure at at some point, um, but I've never really thrown it into a one, one of one of these kind of RPG RPG spotlights, um, and that is a game. It came out in 2014. Um, I think it, it came out on like Wii U, 360, PS3, um, and has since been released on Steam, and, and and it just came out on Switch. And it was originally you could only get it physically on Vita, actually. Um, and that it's a game created by uh, Ubisoft. They actually have kind of this um, Ubisoft Montreal. They're the same people that did um, oh, what? What else? What else did they do? They did. They do kind of their artsy games. They, it was Valent Hearts, I want to say. It's like a World War One um, game. Anyway, uh, Child of Light. Child of Light is a – the easiest way to describe it is it's a storybook RPG. Um, it looks like old storybooks that you, you would see when you were a kid. Um, that kind of – That kind of su- – the, the animation is gorgeous. The soundtrack is like a simple piano and and violin um, for the entire game. You play as this character, Aurora, who finds herself um, waking up. She's a princess. Um, and it's like it's in like 1895, so late 1800s. Um, and she's a, an Austrian princess. And um, she wakes up. She, anyway, she, she falls asleep. Her, her father... Um, and she's, she's super, she's super ill anyway. And so she, she falls asleep. Um, her dad becomes kind of bedridden, bedridden and is like dying. And, um, she, she awakes in this, in this land called, uh, Lemuria. And she's anyway, so she has to kind of travel around. She learns to fly and all this stuff. Um, it's a very simple story. It's, you could beat the game in about, in about 10 hours. Um, you, it's, um, you know, there's there's like light and darkness, and you got to kind of figure that all out with 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 the story. But um, really, it's the presentation of this game that really sets it apart. Um, it uses a rhyming pattern. Um, it's like A B A uh, C, I think rhyming pattern. So um, it's not like A B A B rhyming pattern. They said that would, they tried it, and they said that would just be it would get really old and re- and really hard. Um, but so the game you know, kind of has that going with it as well, right? It it kind of rhymes the characters um, hmm. thing. Uh, they said like you know it was inspired by like Studio Ghibli art style. Um, you the the combat is is really cool. It's you're kind of on. You're kind of on. I'm trying to think of other games like Grandia Two has a similar has a similar battle system where you're on kind of like a timer, and when you when you you can see who gets who gets to go. So it's it's active, right? It's not just it's not just turn based, and so you can kind of hit people and send them back in in the timer. So 
you're not just trying to do the most damage. You're trying to some attacks take longer than others. So you're trying to kind of time it out as as it goes. You can swap out the characters uh, in battle. You meet kind of a, a wide variety of characters and they can all do different things. You meet like um, and all the characters are, are super uh, unique and kind of have their own their own little story. I mean, the game isn't that long. You meet um, like a jester who is like really sad and. You meet um, this like this mouse who's trying to impress this like super rich girl um, that he's kind of in, in in love with and 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 stuff like that and it's it's kind of cute um, but yeah I, I highly encourage people to play. It. You can usually find it on sale for a couple bucks on Steam when it goes on sale or or PlayStation Four. I actually I bought it on Wii U back in the day when it was on sale for three bucks. I then have since repurchased it on PlayStation 4 because I specifically wanted to um, get all of the trophies for it. And now I want it on Switch just because I can play it on the go. Um, so it's, <laughs> it, is, it is super, super cool. I, I highly, highly recommend it to people. Um, it's not hard. I think it's a really good RPG kind of for, for beginners. Um, and it's got kind of a, a cute kind of unique story. So I'm looking at it right now. Um and I, I gotta say, the the, the the graphic style is very unique in a sense, where I, it's got this rustic charm to it, but at the same time, it's got a real angelic quality to mm-hmm. it. So it's it, no, it looks sharp though, for sure. Um, I I don't think I ever knew about this game till you brought it up, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. and a lot of a lot of the, what's really cool is when you read some of the some of the stuff that that Ubisoft did in order to create this game, because it's such it's such a unique kind of story they worked with Cirque du Soleil to um to do costuming for it um they thought Mm -hmm. that they were they and so they helped uh with some of the characters um with some of the game's feel because it it, like like they kind of wanted a theatrical feel and and some of the costuming um and having seen Cirque du Soleil a a handful of times uh it makes a lot of sense I, I actually I saw them uh for the fourth time earlier or last year now that we're into the into the new year and um actually seeing it i was kind of being like oh yeah you know that kind of reminds me of anyway um child of light it's because just this kind of it was this like snow kind of story and anyway it had had some had some uh, similarities um also they had the music was was produced by um this like french canadian singer um her name I, I have no idea how to even pronounce it but uh, it's it's like it's just kind of like a soft piano and uh, like a it's like one you know violin or cello for like the entire game, and uh, just super cool. Works really well. I I love this game. I I will play it like over and over and over. I probably played this game about six times. Dang. Yeah, it's great. I cannot <laughs> I I cannot recommend. It. And um, it was announced that there if there's um that there will be a sequel. Uh, it was announced announced last year, so. Ooh, I'll have to keep an eye about that now that I know about this. Interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Can I can never recommend this game enough. So. That's why I like talking about this stuff because there's just there's just there's just so much stuff out there. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. To learn about you know and yeah. So like. Yeah, absolutely. There's just there's so many games that you or may or you know. It's not just it's not it's not it's not always even just games that you've never heard of. Sometimes you 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 see a game and you you just 
don't get to it or you don't pick it up because there's so many games, right? There, we just live in a time there's so many games. And so you meet somebody who has played that game and they're like, oh, wow. You know, like I, I recently played um, – I was talking to one of my buddies who's uh, – we're both big Nintendo uh, – we're both big uh, Super Smash Bros. guys. And we're both kind of Nintendo guys. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, uh, I played Starlink, by the way. And he, he was like, oh, yeah, I was looking into that. And I was like, eh, it's okay. He's like, oh, okay, cool. And so, like, we, we both kind of trust each other's opinion on the game. So now he's like, yeah, okay, I was thinking about getting it. And I was like, you know, avoid it. Or we'll text each other and say, hey, have you played this? Have you played this? So I think that's cool. And I think, you know, that's, that's why, hey, that's why we do it. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, All right. I guess I'm down to my, my last one here. Mm hmm. My number three. All right. Uh, well, before I start, I'm, I'm going to make a, a big claim here. I. I had to put this on here because this is arguably my favorite game of all time, actually. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's not it's not a traditional JRPG or anything like that. This is an action RPG. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, what could I say? I'm a big fan of, uh, of sci-fi and stuff like that. And I just love how, before I reveal the name of this, I, I love how this game was able to... Uh, spawn a series that um, truly created its own identity. I loved all the games of this series, um, but the first game will forever be arguably um, my number one here, and uh, that's the the first Mass Effect. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I chose this mainly because it's. <sighs> The action RPG uh, um, genre is way different than the JRPG because it's there, there are so many action games out there, and this is a great transition for people that, you know, this is a different way to learn RPG mechanics because it plays like an action game, but you level up. And as you level up, it's very, it's very, very easy to... Um, understand how to distribute your points and, and and if you're lost on that this game has a, a a great system in holding your hand if need be and that's that's the codex the codex in mass effect is your encyclopedia your it's it holds the answers to any questions you have it, it has the answers to how to play or um if i pick a certain class how do i play effectively as that class it, it gives you a step-by-step -step guide it's extremely easy to to understand you know it's definitely it's nothing that's going to go over the top of your head they talk about chaining attacks and stuff like that and, and, and again it's just like you're giving depending on what class you take no matter what class you take in mass effect you are given the um you're given a plethora of options of abilities to choose from you don't have to pick all of them you pick what you think is going to suit you as a player and what what's so great about this game too is not only does is it is it a good transition for people that love action games because it plays like an action game it's it's great in a sense that you while you are commander shepherd you essentially are are playing how you want to play and, and shape this character you know do you want to be a soldier do you want to be a biotic which is almost in a sense like a jedi just with without a lightsaber basically right 
Um, do you want to be an engineer who's good with using tech-like abilities and stuff like that? Do you want to be a sentinel, which is a combination of both tech and biotic abilities? Uh, do you want to be an infiltrator, which is good with long-range combat and tech abilities? Do you want to be a vanguard, which is good with biotic abilities and close-range weapons, like a shotgun or a pistol and stuff like that? You know, it's just sky's sky's the limit, and you have and you can really shape the story with you have dialogue options. So again, you really get to shape the way uh, you play this game. It's a very uh, it's a very immersive experience. For those of you that aren't familiar uh, with Mass Effect, um, it came out at around um, 2007, I believe. Mass Effect came out, mm-hmm. and you play as Commander Shepard. You're given. Uh, a few options about his backstory. You can either be Earthborn, which you were born on Earth, and you went from uh, orphanage to orphanage, living off the street, learning how to fend for yourself, and you end up enlisting, enlisting in the Alliance, which is the uh, humans' uh, army, so to speak. It's a joint organization, kind of like the UN, so to speak. Or you can be a colonist, which you were born on a colony, out in a dangerous area of the galaxy that was raided by slavers and everyone you knew and loved was killed by these slavers and you were rescued by uh, an alliance patrol and that's how you ended up falling in with them or you can be a spacer which your backstory is you grew up in space it's all you know you lived just on countless different ships all in all you could be a sole survivor in which you are the um, sole survivor of a crazy attack, a monster attacked you and your team on a planet, and you dive into that story later on in the game. Yeah, uh, uh, spoiler you... alert, that's the one I picked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah um, I did a sole survivor as well. You can also do um, War Hero, which is another one I picked as well, where you fended off a Batarian raid in what they called the Blitz, and you are known as you are... Uh, I guess kind of uh, revered as a uh, a war hero, basically, so to speak. And then, um, oh man, I forget the last option because I never picked it actually. Um, but yeah, and there's just so many colorful characters in the game: Garrus, Rex, uh, Tali, yeah. Tali, Garrus, uh, Rex, Tali, yeah, Boss, uh, and Tali. Tali. Tali became my love interest as of Mass Effect, Effect Three. 2. And, and Mass Effect 3, which is great because Tali is a... For those of you unfamiliar with the Mass Effect series, Tali is a race called the Quarians. Very human-like, but they have, like... You, you don't know what they look like because they wear these masks because they were brought off... They were kind of... Uh, they were chased off their planet by the Geth, which were their creation, which... um. That it, it's just too much to get into. It's there's just way so too much. much. Yeah, <laughs> there's just so much meat and potato with um with Mass Effect. But that's another reason why I love it. <laughs> the lore and the story building, the world building for Mass Effect just blew my mind and how it was able to create its um own identity. But it, it's great for anyone to jump into because again, in that sense, when you're leveling up, you looking at your abilities and there's. It's very, very simplified descriptions on what each ability does, and you kind of get an idea of what complements what. It's another game that gives you the opportunity to play the way you want to, the way you feel as you should. There's no right or wrong. You can be a good guy. You can be rotten. 
uh, to the core. Uh, it's just, um, it's just such a, uh, such a wonderful experience. And mm-hmm. again, other, other characters too. Um, and the villains are just, they do such a good job yeah. at like these, these are video game characters, you know, these are not real people and they do such a effective job at making you hate them. Like Saren, uh, quick rundown for the first mass effect story. For those of you that haven't played, um, you are com- again. You are Commander Shepard, and you are going to a planet called Eden Prime. It's a human colony. It is attacked by the Geth, and leading the charge is an alien Tur- uh, from the race called the Turians. His name is Saren. He is a Spectre. Spectres are revered. They are regarded as really high, highly trained and skilled officials of the um, of the Council, the Galaxy's Council. And they are given free range to use any force, any means necessary to complete a task. They are untouchable, basically. Saren has gone rogue, and he's committing all these atrocities across the galaxy to um, Mm -hmm. bring the return of an ancient, um, what what people thought might have been an extinct or race to be a myth of a... They were a hyper machine race called the Re- the Reapers, and they were said to be responsible of wiping out one of the galaxy's most advanced um, civilizations fifty thousand years ago, called the Protheans, a spacefaring race. And you have to stop Saren because they are going to wipe out all organics and and harvest us for their purpose for to, to gain uh, mm-hmm. more knowledge about the new advanced species basically but Saren is just so as you go through the game you find how tormented and twisted uh, Saren is but there are some points where I kind of felt bad for him but at the same time I'm just like oh this god Saren's just such a jerk he's just so evil and like you have to stop him I just Again, there's just so much that goes into the story. I, if if I go get any more into it, we're gonna be here all night. <laughs> I mean, um, but but yeah, it's it, because of its action gameplay, it's a very easy transition to get into uh, RPG mechanics as far as uh, stats go and abilities go in that in that sense, and just exploring different planets is just so great. There's just so much to um, take in with this game and um your choices some people were a bit upset with mass effect 3 but in my opinion your choices do matter because at the end of the day at the end of this adventure who'd you who'd you get there with who'd you who'd you make it with what 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 happened you know in, in the galaxy that you traversed in your mass effect experience and and it's just in my opinion that's what matters most at the end of it all, basically. I enjoyed Andromeda uh, for the most part. Um, I just wasn't a fan of Ryder. I I, uh, I liked the other characters. I just didn't like the character you played as. <laughs> so, but, it's, but it's a cool story, very cool story, kind of twisted in a sense as well. But, uh, yeah, the first Mass Effect, what can I say? Uh, every time, every now and then, I, I boot it up. I, I can't count how many times I've played through the, the first Mass Effect and to this day, I'm still finding things that I've missed every playthrough I've gone through. Because that's just how much is loaded in this game. And I still get a... I still feel like a, 
a little warm spot light up every time I get to that menu and hear the um, the light music playing in the background and it just really strikes a chord with me, man. I, I love it. I love the characters. You feel uh, connected to them. You feel relatable uh, to most of them, whether they're alien or human. I I I, I love it. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. For Mass Effect One, there we go. Yeah, you know, so I for the longest time I, um, had never played Mass Effect, and I know my, my brother had played it and absolutely loved it. I know other people that did, and I of course played um, Knights of the Old Republic and Jade Empire, so I was familiar, definitely familiar with Bioware and um, the games that they have made, and had a lot of fun with them. And I think you know Bioware makes great great RPGs. Um, I finally got around to playing the first one a couple years ago. I bought the trilogy on P. There we were like a special Mass Effect trilogy on PS3, and I, I honestly think I spent like it was like a crazy sale. I think I spent like ten bucks or or like five bucks or something. Oh for yeah, the, you for, can't beat that for, for the sure, for yeah. the entire thing. And so having never played it, so I started playing the first one and absolutely loved it. I blitzed through the first one. I was like doing everything. I went to every, made sure I did all the side missions. As much as I could, because I was like, well, when it comes time to finish out the series, I want to make sure that a decision doesn't come up to haunt me later. Um, I played with, um, I played with Talia and 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 uh, what is it, Rex? Uh, yeah, Rex was on was on my team. Those are my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, um, and so, yeah. So so th- that that was kind of that was kind of my my go to team, um, and. I definitely. I remember a lot of times when you'd walk up and someone would be like, "Who are you?" and you could be like, "Uh, I'm a fucking specter." So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, like, like I said, I'm, like you could be like as bad as you want. But the thing is, though, too, the the one thing I will criticize the game for is some of like when you're looking at your dialogue options, it's like some of it's not exactly clear what it's right. going to be. Like like I remember I was getting interviewed by a reporter and she's trying to like slander you she's trying to yeah trying because you're the first human specter and she's trying to basically say like you're a tool for the council like they don't care about us humans and there was like there was a a choice where it was just like stop the interview so i picked it and he goes i'm tired of your accusations and this is a woman and he punches the woman in the face yeah i was just like i did not want to do that what yeah. is happening yeah. i was just like and I was just like, oh, my God. I was so disappointed with that. I turned the game off, and I redid the whole thing because I was just like, no, no way. <laughs> like, I'm doing this differently. I'm sorry. I did not mean for that to happen. So watch out, guys. Do not punch women in the face. It is not even okay by video game standards. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely finished out the interview um, uh, on that Um but yeah, you know, a lot of the decisions that came out. I think for me, my favorite thing was getting into the oh god, I can't remember what it's called, where you could kind of go explore the planets. You're like cruising around on them. I love it. I love what, it. What is that thing called? The uh, the Mako. Mako. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting around in the Mako, running around. The Mako is like my favorite thing. Going and exploring the planets. Like when you go to the moon, and you're like, oh, this is sick. Um, I absolutely loved that. So Mass Effect One, great experience for me. I booted up Mass Effect 2. I was like, all right. And I don't know what it was. I just could not finish the game. I was just like, man, I just, I don't know. 
it just it just it, I know it felt different. I know that they changed it to make it a little more action oriented and and stuff like that. And I've heard that Mass Effect Three is um, a little bit better than Mass Effect Two. Is I mean that's just some of the people I've I've spoken to. Um, so you know, but again, we're talking about Mass Effect One, not the entire the entire franchise, but. Mass Effect, the trilogy, is really meant to be played as one kind of thing because the decisions you make in the first game affect you in the third. So, um, yeah, so the the second one, kind of hard for me. I'm sure I will finish it at some point, someday, down the line. But uh, I really, really, really enjoyed the first one a lot. Yeah, um, what, um, how did you end up stopping Saren? Like at, at when you confront him at the Citadel, I kind of don't remember exactly <laughs> what were some of the options. Well, you could straight up fight him. I tried to talk him down, and he ended up killing himself. Actually, I, that's I that's, think I think maybe I, I think maybe I fought him. Yeah, and then and then I fought then because. I remember. If you fight him, I remember you the, fight him twice. Yeah, I remember the Reapers came, and you had to make like some quick decisions on like how to save people and stuff. Um, oh, did you save? Did you save the console? Did you save them or let them die? I think I did because I was like, well, you, I still I can't not save them because I'm trying to play as like an ultra good guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I saved them, and so I had the original console throughout um, the, my playthrough. The playthrough, so. yeah. Yeah, it's super cool, and it's it's a franchise that you can play a, a handful a handful of times. I still want to play Andromeda at some point. I know, like you know, it it, it wasn't received as well as people would have liked, and it was kind of buggy and stuff like that. But I, I still want to play it at, at some point, and I'm sure someday I will. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's I thought it was a good game. I it's just it's kind of a bummer when the lead character isn't. And he, I, I mean, I get it. He's a totally different person altogether, but I just felt like he had zero personality compared to Commander Shepard, basically. But it was the other characters in, in the game that really helped me um, chug through the game, basically. And I, I, I liked being in um, the idea of being in a, a galaxy that you really couldn't call home. And... Um, you know, you, you, you find the flaws with trying to build a new society in a place that's kind of almost untouched by any of the species you got to know and love in the original Mass Effect trilogy. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, again, a lot of meat and potatoes to the first uh, Mass Effect. If you like, if you like lore, if you like a really beefed out story and um, a game that adds replay value by giving you so many different options and so many optional side quests that you definitely can't touch per every playthrough. I, I think it's definitely a, uh, a perfect game to, uh, to play, especially if you're into star Wars or, or, or star Trek or um, mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica, any of that kind of stuff really. Absolutely. I would say de know, it's it, definitely, it's, it's definitely closer to me, the not the the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek, and I don't necessarily define Star Wars as sci-fi, because to me, Star Wars is fantasy with a space theme. They're just they're written differently. That's a very interesting take on it. Whereas I can, I can get for me, sci-fi has always been about exploration. Um, and so for me, like Star, that's why Star Trek is like is sci-fi, and it feels it feels way more Star Trek to me than than Star Wars. 
I could agree with that. And in, in some cases, I could even compare it to um, Alien. Yeah. Um, yep. I could definitely see some adaptations of that with uh, ship design, with some with some missions. Like, Mass Effect's not a scary game, but there's definitely points of the game that get very eerie. And given uh, certain takes on uh, certain things, I could definitely see the Alien influence. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um there's just so many different um, inspirations like just brought into this game and um, getting to learn about the culture of all the different races is fun too. And again, just the idea of building up your abilities, like, like I said in the other two games I mentioned, it's such an easy concept to, um, to grasp. Oh, do I want to put points to my skill with a pistol or, Oh, do I want to put points into my skill um, for uh, warp? It's a that's a biotic attack you can do. Or oh, do I want to add points to my tech shield? Or oh, do I want to add points to my biotic barrier, which you could form a shield around yourself and your whole uh, party? Or um, you can with a biotic, you can put points in the push where you push an enemy, or pull where you could pull an enemy towards you. All kinds of different stuff. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's it, it's anything goes really. That's it. Yeah. Meh. All right. Uh, last game here. So this is a game yeah. that came out uh, about six months ago, as of as of this recording. Um, a game that is a Nintendo Switch exclusive that I was super excited for, and that is Octopath Traveler. I've always wanted to play this game. I've always wanted to. Yeah, it was developed by Square Enix, the same people who worked on the Bravely Default series. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so it is... How do I describe this game? It is HD2D is kind of what they describe. It looks like an old SNES 16-bit style game um, with with you know 2D sprites on kind of 3D-ish. They're, they're 2D. It, again, it almost looks like, pop-up, like a pop-up book. The way that, that you know, you're, they're they're polygonal backgrounds, but they're still kind of two D. Yeah, there's just a de- there's awesome. a, there's like a depth to them, right? And then you have like Definitely. HD effects that that are over them. So um, it it looks really cool. Has a super unique um, art style. Everyone has been saying, "Yeah, can we please get a Final Fantasy VI remake using like with this engine?" Yeah, it's like that's what like everyone was saying. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, people asked for that really? Oh, people have been. Oh like, my it's god! It's like all over Twitter. It's, yeah, um, that's awesome. So the game, uh, I've man, I, I love it. It's it's focuses on eight characters and their own individual stories. Um, and normally it's like okay, you have like four different characters. They all kind of meet up in the end and have something. In this game, not so much, actually. It's just kind of eight characters, individual stories. There's, like, tiny threads that kind of tie them together. Um, and then there's, like, a, a, a final secret boss, right, that, that in, kind of pulls them them all together. But it's not really built up. Like, um, it's not like there's not even really a, a what I would call, like, main story final boss because you just play each character's story. Um and it's kind of cool. You have like little moments where they'll kind of chat with each other and they'll kind of talk about like um, they kind of they kind of talk about like, oh, this when you play as like each town you go to, you'll play as like like some people, two people in your in your four person party may have an event there. So you have to kind of pick and choose which one you want to play. Um, so like that person then becomes kind of like your main character for that 
like you like you're playing their segment of that story um and then like the characters in your party will will kind of talk to them about it like oh wow you know and so, so that's how you kind of get character building um with some with some of the other characters you have like Ophelia who is a cleric um Cyrus who is a scholar uh Tressa who is a merchant Ulbrich is a warrior uh Primrose is a dancer Alfin is an apothecary and uh Therion is a um thief and uh Hanet is a hunter and this game has a class system and so every person can learn a second class so they can learn another person's um skill set right but only one Ooh. but only one everyone has their main set and then everyone can learn an additional one but you can't have like three warriors you could have Ulbrich who is a warrior and then you could say have Therion who is a thief and have his second class be a warrior um so the cool thing is when you're pl- when you're doing battling you can say okay do I want like one of each so have four people and then have the four other subclasses or do I want like to double up on something um, so that's so that's kind of cool, but the advantage is everybody has a special skill in their original set. So even when you double, like get that that so, that secondary class, you can't have like that person's other main skill. So um, like Ulbrich, for example, is a fighter. So sometimes you'll be in a town and there'll be like a thug who's standing in front of a door you need to get into. So Ulbrich can just fight that guy. And then you could a one-on-one fight and you can beat him. And then like Therion's a thief. He's the only person that can steal from people in town. Um, other people can. So Primrose is like a dancer, right? So she can um, like dance and kind of persuade men. And then she can kind of move them out of a door. She can get them to kind of follow them and, and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's some cool things there. Um, Later on, there's, like, four secret subclasses you can unlock, and so those are, like, super powerful. The characters in general, you would think, as you kind of progress in this game, um, you feel you, you start to feel like you are, like, wow, I am super powerful. Um, but then the bosses just get more and more powerful, and so it's it's kind of crazy how it doesn't it doesn't feel like a gradual incline. It feels like a freaking slope. But the enemies are going right along with you. So by the end, you're just like you feel like an absolute god. Like all of your characters feel godlike. But it's cool the way the way it ends up uh, working out. Again, soundtrack as always. I I I, I always love uh, games with great soundtracks, and this is definitely one art style. Um, it's kind of short. You could probably beat the game in about 40 hours for an RPG, which... I did hear it was a short game, yeah. Yeah, so, and there's no DLC. They said, nope, no DLC at all. We made it. We made a game, it's a complete game, and here you go. And that's kind of cool. I mean, they did, I think they did a couple updates, right, you know, to bugs and, 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 you know, if there's anything, anything like that. But no no story DLC, no planned um, DLC or anything like this. You're buying a game, this is this is what you're getting. So I see I can really really respect that. Like look, I understand like I don't want to sound like an old fart here and be right. all like, "Well, back in my day when you got a game, you got a game <laughs> for what it was." Right. But 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 look, grow, growing up uh in, in that age though, it's like don't get me wrong. I understand it's 2019. Mm-hmm. The landscape has changed dramatically. I look, I am not against um dlc but but i am against it to the point where you 
do it so excessively it's just like you care less about the vision you're just trying to get that buck basically you know i thought games like mass effect um uh fallout even i thought they did dlcs uh very uh respectively i thought it was very uh complimentary to the game and the story and the worlds those games uh built but I can highly respect someone that's putting out a game uh, this day and age and be like, yeah, this is it. This this is the game. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day, that is what it was like. That is what we got. Whatever came out, that's what you get. And I, I, I find it very admirable that, you know, someone had the balls to come out and try to rework that practice, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's great. It's super, and the thing is like the character so like the character stories, right? I mean, there's definitely you could I could see some room for DLC. Um I there I believe that this game did super super well in terms of sales. Square was very 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 pleased um with it. It, it was it got pretty pretty solid ratings. So I I can only imagine that um you know that this will get some sort of, of a sequel. I know they're, I think they're working on another bravely default game. And so maybe that's going to be the next kind of entry in the series. Um, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it uses, it definitely has some similarities to the bravely default engine. So in, in, in the bat in, in combat. So one of the things that you can do is um, you get, uh, what do they call it? And they, so you have, you have EXP, which is your experience. You have BP, which is like how you learn new skills. And in this, they have JP, which um, I can't remember exactly what that stands for. But JP essentially is in Bravely Default. What you could do is you could um, essentially you could like defend or something. And by doing that, you would build up this kind of meter. And then you could when you attack, you could do more damage. So it's kind of like, do I wait or do I attack with double? And in this, it's kind of the same way, but there's like five little um, levels to it. And so you can do like, so you can really hit somebody hard with an attack or you can really defend or you can really use like um, healing magic or, or, or something. And so that's kind of cool too. So you, there is kind of this, um, excuse me, there is this kind of um, like time and, and strategy um, element to it as well that it, that it adds and it just it makes it makes battling more unique more fun and it really adds to the depth of like oh dual classing and, and who should have what class and and stuff like that so um it's, it's got that going for it in the in the stories or in in combat so that's why it's it's definitely got that briefly default feel um and then lastly on on everybody's story everybody has four chapters and again, they're kind of short, but I feel like they're actually pretty fleshed out for four people's stories. And then at the end, everybody does have this little kind of tie-in to this like final like kind of side story you can do once you've finished all eight characters' main story that ties into simply a final boss. There's not like a final dungeon; it is simply a big, huge final boss you can go fight. And um, it's kind of cool, actually, when you when you're doing it, you're like, oh, OK, I get it. That guy ties into that. That ties into this. I see it. And then it all kind of uh, pieces together. But the game is is relatively I don't want to say it's easy because it, it's not super easy. Um, the battling scales, but it's de- it's approachable, I think, would be the best way to describe this game. Mm. So all I could really say is um, as far as um 
aesthetically, I I would like to see a lot more uh, yeah. games that mm-hmm. that looked like that. When they first revealed Octopath Traveler, I was kind of just like, "What is this? Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like this this is great." You know what what a um what a cool uh, spin to take like uh, past and present graphics and just combine them mm-hmm. so effectively mm-hmm. like that. And one of the and the best feature for me, I remember seeing the trailers and I was like, why is there this weird kind of shadow on the border and um, on like the, the borders of the screen that when you look at the screen, there's kind of these these weird shadows. And I, I did not like it. And uh, I, I read that there is an option to turn it off. And I was like, OK, I'm in <laughs> like <laughs> totally. in. yeah, totally. 100%. Um, the demo, actually, the demo is is you just get like 30 minutes and you get to go. It's it's like the full game. You can pick whichever character you want and just go. So I highly recommend uh, checking out the demo because if you like the demo, you're gonna like the game. It's pretty pretty much that simple. So so I I think well the reason I should get a switch. Yes, you right absolutely 100 percent yeah. should get a switch. Tales of Vesperia just came out, so a re- remake of I heard. Re- I was just yeah. talking to a friend of mine earlier about that. So yeah, re- yeah, that was a, that was a series I missed out on. Like yeah, I, I haven't. I I wanna. I I definitely. I've played like 10 minutes of Symphonia, and that's kind of it for me in Tales. So. It was funny, like, I remember um, when I got into high school, I, you know, I you start to meet a lot of other people that have the same interests as you, and I remember, you know, any friends I made that were really into games like I was were like, do you like RPGs? And I was just like, yeah, and I'd go to talk about, like, Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, and they'd be like, do you like Tales? And I'm like, what the hell is that? I know, what, what like, is it? Yeah. You know? I know, you know, well, it's, Sorry, yeah. it's like it's like with Dragon Quest, That's a, that's a franchise I just, I haven't. You're, you've played more of and I, I, I haven't uh, I want to play more of it I haven't played a lot of the um, ease series and uh, ease eight looked kind of cool it's on it's on switch and it's, yeah, it's on other things it's I didn't another... know what ease was till like two years ago yeah yeah you know yeah so it's another I know yeah it's, again and that's and that's that's kind of hey that that's kind of what we said earlier in this episode and why we're doing it you know like games we've missed out on and uh hey, we, we want to talk about them and and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, as we, yeah, yeah, cool. As we kind of close out here, I just want to say, Hey, uh, thanks Adam for coming on again. Um, I want to encourage people. Let us know in the comment section as this will be on YouTube and, and Podbean, iTunes, uh, as well. What are some of your favorite RPGs? What are some ones that you think haven't been yeah. given enough spotlight? Uh, and perhaps, Hey, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go play him and, and, and tell you what you think. So, all right, yeah, for sure. Adam, where can people find you on the internet? All right. Well, you could find me at, um, on Twitter and Instagram at the, at the same handle. I changed it actually. I, it's, you could find me at Funkmaster Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find, uh, I have a, uh, a gaming, another gaming podcast called, um, Game Jockeys Retro Pod. You could find that on Twitter at Game Jockeys Pod. You could follow if you're into pro wrestling. You could follow the Funk Masters of Wrestling on Twitter as well at FMOW underscore podcast. Um, one of my friends I do the show with, he was trying to make an Instagram account as well to run because I, I run the Twitter page, but uh, we broke it. Somehow, some way. Oh so, wow! Okay. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, we'll get back to you on that. But, but yeah, 
That's where I am. Cool. All right. Well, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Gaines Bros right here on Box Trick, whether you're listening on Podbean or iTunes or watching on YouTube. Um, I also do a Game of Thrones uh, podcast called Bend the Knee. And uh, yeah, as always, guys, thanks for listening.